Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Um, today is going to be a, a very cool interview. It's maybe a little bit more on the serious side, but it's absolutely worth listening to. I would actually call it essential to listen to because we're going to discuss some things that you you may have been thinking about, may have crossed your mind, but um, it also might be something that you haven't even given any type of attention to, but it's pretty critical that you do. I'm talking to John Braddock today, and I know him from Genius Network. You've probably heard me mention that many times. A lot of my listeners, you are members of the Genius Network, or uh, you know what it is. But he's he's a great friend. He's an amazing guy, and he's created something that takes a lot of overwhelm from a difficult situation. So um, let me tell you a little bit about him first before I tell you what that is. Uh, he's he's an entrepreneur, he's an author, he's a speaker, and he's the founder and CEO of My Life and Wishes. And what My Life and Wishes is, is an education and digital planning platform with a mission to help at least 1 million families become thoughtfully prepared. For what you're asking it's for the inevitable, which is their own death. A lot of us haven't put a lot of time into thinking of our end of life planning. And if you have, then kudos to you. That's so awesome. Um, and if you have, there's still more that you will take from, from this interview. The thing is, is that this type of planning is critical and most people actually put it off because they've got so many other things they're doing, you know, today in their life, especially entrepreneurs, you're busy, you're busy running a business and running a family probably. Um, so it's something that you may rarely ever discuss with your family. And we talk about what it used to be back in the day, how people were planning, what's happening to people today who don't plan and the consequences, the serious consequences that can happen when you do put it off. The thing is, is that, you know, today, if something happens to you, people may not have any clue where to find your critical documents or where your files are, um, what it is that you want to happen. And it can cause a ton of chaos and create quite a bit of a mess for our loved ones. And John has actually become He's actually uh, noted as the Howard Stern of death, making it a conversation that's entertaining and educational to audiences around the world. And um, he's been featured on MSNBC. He's a contributor to success.com and the Business Insider. He's the author of several books. Um, his most recent, Click Here When I Die, which we'll talk about in the interview and give you access on how to get that book. Um, also a free download. Um, he's, he's 
really solved this problem that everyone will inevitably have, but they're just not addressing yet. And some, some of you may not even know it yet that this is going to be a problem. People definitely don't enjoy talking about death, death of a loved one or their own death. And it's even more daunting to actually think about having to plan for that. But the thing is, is that it's, it's even more critical today than it was 30 plus years ago. So I really hope that you listen to this. My whole goal with a lot of these interviews is to give you some insight and um, to help you get you thinking about something that you're probably not thinking about um, and to take some action. There's so many things on our to-do lists every single day that we neglect some of the things that absolutely need to happen. So as, as John will say, one out of one of us will die, but planning for it doesn't have to be the death of you. And I hope that you listen in intently to this interview and enjoy. Hey, John, and welcome to the show. Hey, Summer, thanks so much for having me. It's a, an honor to be here and uh, to chat with you for your audience. Yeah, well, I think we're going to be talking about some stuff that people may not want to talk about, but are going to be very interested to hear about. So um, with that, I'm just going to jump right into it and, and let you tell us what what is this problem that people are probably going to have that they're just not thinking about right now? Well, it's a great question, and it's interesting. The problem, if you will, that we're all going to have is we're all going to die. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, I said that, but it's true. And, you know, based on my best research, over 300,000 years of human existence, they still haven't yet found a cure for it, and probably they won't within my lifetime. Yeah. And the dying part is not <laughs> so much the problem when you look at the perspective of it, but for for the deceased anyway. But for those that are left behind, the problem becomes really closing out all of the final affairs of a person. Yeah. You know, in my book, Click Here When I Die, I talk about growing up, and I'll give away my age here. I'm 55. I was born uh, in 1961, growing up in southern New Jersey in the early uh, 60s and, and 70s. You know, life was a lot simpler then. Um, you know, I, I lived on Main Street. There was one bank in town. I think there were one or two attorneys in town. The funeral home was located up the street. Everyone knew where the cemetery was. Uh, things were pretty simple. Back then, when someone passed away, sorting out the details of their life was not relatively all that difficult because everything was usually stored in you know, the desk drawer yeah. where the important papers were. The bank was up the street, which is where the bank accounts were, in a safe deposit box if someone had them. And any bill... Uh, or obligation that an individual had back then over the next 30 to 60 to 90 days would show up in the mailbox um, for some of the younger listeners in your audience. Yeah. You look that up, go to Google Images, you'll see this big silver thing that sat out front of the house. Um, that's where everything showed up. So you could find everything. Right. I have to tell you, 
that today, I mean, my mailbox out front of my house, the only thing that collects is junk flyers for pizza and birthday cards from my mother once a year. Right. <laughs> today, our lives are so scattered uh, with 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 things. We have documents. We have accounts. We're very transient. We move from place to place. We have multiple bank accounts. You know, we have wills, safe deposit boxes. Where are they located? What about insurance policies, um, deeds, proof of ownership documents? Not even to go down the road of our online presence. You know, we have online banking. I read two newspapers every day, none of which show up in my driveway. They show up on my iPad. Right. Those are on auto pay. My uh, bills are done auto pay. Uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, the Blue Apron subscription that uh, delivers, you know, fresh food for yeah. me to cook, you know, at, at the week. And it goes on and on and on. And the question is, how if we don't have a conversation with people or, or someone who can do something with that, how are they going to know how to access this stuff? Turn this stuff off, uh, in, including my Facebook and you know LinkedIn and Twitter accounts. We all have friends or, shall we say, former friends who are deceased that still have active accounts open on Facebook. Yep. You know, just uh, when I was in the final publishing uh, process of my book back in May, I had to make a, a last edit because I had just received a LinkedIn notification. And for those who have LinkedIn, you'll get notifications to congratulate someone on a work anniversary or a promotion or wish them a happy birthday. And I was uh, invited to remind or to uh, wish Peter a happy birthday. Peter's been gone for like seven years. Wow. And I, and I certainly hope that his other 500 plus followers know that he's no longer responding. <laughs> Thanks for the birthday wishes. Yeah. So what really got me thinking about this was four years ago. My background is... Um, uh, I've had several companies uh, in the financial services space, uh, employee benefit consultant. We work with very large employers that had anywhere from 500 to as many as 10,000 employees. And we, we worked all the time with life insurance and retirement plans and explained the necessity of all these things to people and the importance of these things. But it wasn't until four years ago when my father-in-law passed away that my wife and I were thrust into the scenario where we had to figure everything out. Ted was a very uh, closed uh, person when it came to talking about things like money and yeah. finances and never wanted to have the discussion. Which are it like a lot of people. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because, you know, growing up, I remember, you know, there were three things really that people didn't talk about, you know, politics, religion, and money. Yeah. And today, we're all too willing to, you know, start a holy war over our religious beliefs uh -huh. <laughs> or, or, or get someone else's political views so that we can debate them and prove to them that they're wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 
you know, by the cars we drive and the <clears throat> the iPhones we hold in our hands and the other technology, you know, we're certainly not closed about talking about money. But back then, you know, they never talked about those kind of things. And so while Ted, my father-in-law, was an organized man, or at least in his own mind, when he passed, you know, he took the you know, the key to his Da Vinci code, if you will, to finding everything with him. So we spent nearly a year tracking down insurance policies, what insurance policies were enforced. He kept everything. We went through boxes, you know, calling insurance companies from insurance policies were issued in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Is there still a policy in force? Tracking these things down, trying to locate his will, which was hilarious because we found the will. And I turned to my wife after reading through the will and I said, I have some bad news, honey. She said, what's that? I said, you're going to have to go to Milwaukee and live with your aunt Jean and Uncle Ed. (laughs) (laughs) The will was written in the 1960s. Wow. And it was never updated. He also was an IBM guy, so he knew a lot about computers. And so he did a lot of things online. We had to try and crack into his accounts because even on the accounts where we found the password, When we try to log in from something other than his computer, it started spewing challenge questions at us. Who would have known that his best friend in junior high was Cliff? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That took us about two weeks. The other mystery was the safe deposit box key we found in his desk drawer, which was in an envelope and the name was, you know, faded out and we couldn't really make it out. So we figured it was at the bank where he banked. He banked only at one bank in town. Went there, he had no safe deposit box. Then we started calling all the other banks around town, finally found the safe deposit box in an institution on the other side of town with which he had no other accounts. Made no sense. Wow. You know, so going through that process and sorting things out was stressful, yep. frustrating, um, a lot of anger involved, not to mention time. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, we know time is money. Yep. You know, it's very valuable. The amount of time spent and for, you know, someone who perhaps works for someone else, understand that most employers after, you know, three or four days worth of bereavement leave and you come back to work, they expect kind of a full day's work. But when you're tracking things down, it has to be done between nine and five. Who who has the time to do those kind of things? Right. And so as I sat one night uh, in our backyard, as I do most nights by our pool and the, the one vice that I'm willing to admit to is I enjoy a good cigar. And so I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I thought to myself, our kids are all uh, just college age or just beyond. And I thought if something were to happen to me, they would have no idea where to even begin. You know, they still don't know all the intricacies of 
you know, home ownership and deeds and, you know, wills. They don't know who my attorney is. They don't really understand life insurance and those things and how it works. And I thought, wow, that'd be really selfish of me to leave that kind of a mess Yeah. for them. And so I just sat down and I started writing and going through list after list after list of everything that we were experiencing with my father-in-law that we couldn't find and trying to put it all together in a simple, seamless, streamlined way where people could sit down and put this stuff together and at least document it and, and, and put it somewhere where someone could find it, for gosh sake. Right. <laughs> you know, when, when the time comes. The bigger question is, why don't people do this? Why don't they talk about it? That is a big question. Yeah. You know, so in talking with people, and we actually did a survey just a little over a year ago on a national basis, just of baby boomers, which there are 75 plus million baby boomers. And less than 40% of that 75 million have actually organized their stuff and told someone what their wishes are. And we asked why. And, you know, the question or the answers to the questions came back, you know, some acceptable, some kind of ridiculous. You know, the, the big one was, well, I have time. I'll get to it later. <laughs> My response was, really? So, <laughs> so this is like taxes. So we can wait till April 15th if we want to without any real serious consequence yeah. to file our taxes because that's a date certain. So you're telling me you know when you're going to die. Because sadly, 7,600 people in the United States alone, this morning summer woke up. They expect they're going to do that tomorrow, but they're not. Yeah. Good news is we don't know who that is. We hope it's not us. But we don't know. The other uh, answer that came back many times is people were like, well, you know, I don't have, you know, an estate and, and, and this kind of stuff. And so I spent a lot of time trying to explain to people that, you know, our attorneys are great and they talk about estate plans and, and these kind of things. It, people have to understand that, you know, estate is a very big word for stuff. Yeah. We all have stuff. And the other thing is that our family, you know, my wife and I are a blended family. We have six children. Ah, I'm a, I have a blended family as well, two and two. Awesome. Yeah. We did the Brady Bunch route. Yeah, you, you did know? the Brady Bunch. We're, <laughs> we're a fraction of that. <laughs> and, and, and so you'll know exactly what I say when I say, you know, as a family, we cannot agree on what movie to go see. We can't agree on what to have for dinner or where to go to dinner. People don't all agree. Right. And so if I haven't clearly laid out what I want and where things go and what happens, there is going to be, you know, arguments and fights on, on a magnitude that Thankfully, I wouldn't be around to see because everyone thinks they think they know best what mom or dad would have wanted. And it's not even so much all the stuff that's out there. It's simple things. You know, how many people 
have sat down with the spouse or the children or whatever and clearly said, look, when I die, I want to be buried. Or when I die, I want to be cremated. A good friend of mine, Nick, said to me when we had a discussion about two and a half years ago, he said, I wish I had known mom wanted to be cremated before I buried her. He found out about a year later, but they never had a conversation. Yeah. And now he lives with the memory that he never really honored his mother's final wishes. Yeah. The other one, when we uh, got our responses back from people, which I loved, uh, you know, why don't you, you know, talk about this stuff? It's bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) My, My answer to that is we talk about sex and that doesn't make us pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As to talking about death isn't going to make us dead. Yeah. And so what I what I say to people is look, it, it really starts by asking yourselves a really simple question. What do you want the experience and things to be like for your loved ones after you're gone? There are normal emotions that occur when someone dies. Grief and sadness. And you know what? We can't do anything about that. We don't want to do anything about that. Those are part of the natural healing process. But leaving a legacy of confusion, frustration, and anger, because on the back end, people don't have the appropriate time to grieve because they're so all consumed Mm -hmm. with trying to track down things and find things. Um, Even, you know, a few days later, if my wishes aren't clearly defined, the fights start whether or not dad's getting cremated or buried. Then regardless, you're at a funeral home. And for those who have been there, uh, you know, Funeral home directors and, and, and people there are wonderful. I don't know how they do it, um, but they do. But the one thing we have to remember is they're a business. And so in one moment, while they're telling me how very, very sorry they are for our loss, they're also handing me a bill yeah. that needs to be paid. And, they, and, and in some cases, they need something paid immediately. And in most cases, everything needs to be paid within 30 days. Great. Life insurance will cover it. Life insurance is wonderful, but only if people know it exists. Yep. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and so for any of uh, your wonderful audiences listening who's ever been through this experience, um, my heart goes out to you. I know what you've endured. Um And, you know, it's a very challenging and difficult time. Even getting, you know, final death certificates takes time. And without those, you can't file an insurance claim. You can't really get uh, the proper executor agreements and things put together with attorneys, which would allow you access to safe deposit boxes and, and other things. And many times, even after all those things are in place, you still have an uphill battle convincing, you know, mortgage companies, credit card companies um, to grant you access. 
Right. And so my my biggest mission is after this happened. And so four years ago after this happened, I, I went down this path of I have to do something. This has been going on for forever. People have always been subject to this and it needs to change. It doesn't have to be that way. It's totally avoidable. And so at mylifeandwishes.com, we developed a single source secure platform that allows an individual to intuitively and simply document everything, including upload all the important things that a person would ever need to know on the back end. And I want to help at least 1 million families avoid the, the painful experience that we went through because it is so avoidable. I, it's so interesting to me to hear all of, you know, those reasons and in thinking about it, you know, it makes sense. Those are the reasons I've heard that people don't want to address these things. Right. And, you know, I, it, a, a phrase that I'm <clears throat> trying to get out there in, in, in the mainstream is what I call death etiquette. You know, I figure if Emily Post were alive today, you know, they used to talk about, you know, what do you wear to a funeral? What do you send? And, yeah. you know, the kind of things. And, you know, maybe you shouldn't bring a lasagna to the house because 400 other people have already brought a lasagna to the house uh, for for people after the fact. But But to me, death etiquette means being thoughtfully prepared for my own passing. Right. Which would make things easier. And it doesn't have to be a Debbie Downer. You know, my kids don't want me to sit around and say, hey, you know, I'm going to die, you know, and, and scare them. But the reality is it can be as simple as I do the organization myself. Then I sit down and say, look, we are all going to die someday. We all know this. It will happen to me. When that happens, this is what you need to know. Be it go into my top dresser drawer, and in there you will find an envelope, and in that envelope has all the instructions for what you will need. Now, what do you want to have for dinner? <laughs> yeah. You know, making it known so that uh, that people can do that. You know, I, I think uh, over the course of the last uh, two weeks, three weeks, um, two things that happened here that, uh, you know, are, are truly terrible and sad. Uh, Hurricane Harvey. Yes. Down in, in Texas, uh, followed by Irma, uh, you know, down through, through Florida. The millions and millions of people who had everything in their homes, it's gone. It's going to take them months, if not years, to try and replicate and locate everything that they have lost. And so while I try to not make this all about when I die, because ultimately that is the end you know, result, on the front end, I look at this more as my virtual vault, if you will, where I have everything listed, everything stored and secured, copies of my will, 
copies of the insurance policy that are in force, my logins, my IDs, my challenge questions, um, copy of my birth certificate, all the things that someone would need, all secure and safe in a place that if my house burns, if I have an earthquake, if I have a flood, I haven't lost everything. And so I think for, you know, I look back when I was in my 20s and I was immortal back then, (laughs) this isn't really going to resonate much with a 20-year-old or 30-year-old because, yeah, you know, likely we still do have time. Although death is not just for the old, it happens to everyone. I look at it more of a benefit for me now, which is I can reduce the chaos the clutter and the stress in my life from a standpoint of having all my important documents scattered all over the place. And, you know, anyone I ask, I mean, if you really sit down and think about how many logins you have various places uh, on the web, you know, it's got to be over 25, maybe 50. Yeah. It helps me just keep all this stuff organized including even my one pass or, or a password one, you know, that's great. But the password uh, manager doesn't store all my documents and everything for me. So even in this, if I forget something, I can go in, I can get those uh, codes and, and logins and passwords. And if I die, somebody can get in there and be able to access everything I have right down to my laptop, my iPad, uh, my smartphone and everything else. So, so I get the chaos and clutter in my life and the stress organized so that wherever I am, as, as we talked uh, earlier, uh, I'm in the process of transitioning from Wisconsin down to Arizona. And so I'm spending a lot of time in both places, but it doesn't matter because all my things I can get yeah, in your virtual so vault. Organized <laughs> in one place, virtual vault. Um, and so it works great for me now, and it's very easy to keep updated. Um, and then ultimately, when the day comes, hopefully not for a very long time from now, my family will know exactly what to do. So putting, let's talk about putting and planning all of this and putting all of the information together. That that can seem very overwhelming for a lot of people, and especially entrepreneurs who have so much going on on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. And people, you know, here, here's what I like to equate it to. We all have our, our favorite, you know, fitness gurus out there, you know, be it a, a Bill Phillips or a John Benson or these other people. Right. And and they got these wonderful programs uh, to help you be a better, be it weight loss or strength or, or whatever the case may be. I can't go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow morning 20 pounds lighter. At least I don't think so. Darn it. You just killed uh, a I, lot of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, spoiler alert. Just, just can't do it. But what these brilliant trainers do out there is they say, look, you can't wake up tomorrow morning 20 pounds lighter. But if your goal is to be 20 pounds lighter, how about in 12 weeks, 90 days, three months to a better you? Much like my life and and all my online 
presence and my accounts and my papers and everything else that I have. It's taken me a long time to amass all this stuff, just like the extra weight that I carry. So I can't do it all in one night. So I tell people, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. No, you can't sit down tonight and organize your entire life. But think of it in terms of any habit that must be formed, which takes 21 days, or any uh, life-changing program that you might embark on that might take, you know, one, two, three months. Do it step by step. Break it down into small pieces. Start with the easy stuff, the immediate stuff. Do you want to be buried or cremated? Where do you want it to be a religious ceremony or uh, more of a memorial kind of service? Are there people that you want notified that perhaps wouldn't see an obituary from your local paper where it would run? A college roommate, the alumni association from your uh, college that you graduated from. Then, you know, what about insurance? What's going to pay for these kind of things? You know, what insurance is in force? Don't make me dig through the last 20, 30, 40 years of your life to track these things down. What's out there? And so if you take these bite-sized tasks and do them, I'll do this this week. Next week, I'll do this. Then I'll do my financial accounts here. And then I'll start building out uh, all my uh, online digital identity and presence here. Before you know it, it's done. And it might be three or four weeks. It might be 12 weeks, but you'll accomplish it. Then once it's done, you have one place to go because things change. Perhaps you get a new policy. Boom. You go in, make the change, upload it. It's there. Much easier than documenting all this, putting it in the safe deposit box. And then when things change, having to run across town Go to the bank, sign the paper, get into the vault with the bank manager and open the box and then make your changes and do that. I can make my changes from anywhere. So how would somebody get started? And I know that this is what My Life and Wishes does. How does somebody get started? What if they don't even have anything in place at all? The nothing in place, the best thing that we can do, and I, I put this together, uh, you know, for you, for your podcast show, is if your amazing listeners would go to www.mylifeandwishes.com slash podcast, they can download our ebook. It's a 10-page, or not a 10-page, a, uh, a report that's entitled the 10 things you need to know. Okay. And it breaks down the 10 things that, and, and there's more than 10 at the end of the day, but people will think of those on their own, but it's the 10 most important things that people need to think about and organized. It's a great starting point for okay. people. You know, we built this platform to, to make it really simple for people and, and change or disrupt, if you will, what happens after people pass away. Um, I don't care if people use our platform or not. I mean, I certainly hope they will, but, yeah. but I don't, I don't <laughs> care. The important part is to not leave a effing mess on the back end after I depart. Put it together. Write it down. 
tell somebody about it and for God's sakes, put it somewhere where it's going to be safe and secure so it doesn't get flooded out or burned down. Yeah. And, but make it easy enough that you can keep it up to date. And all of this is done online. There's no having to meet with anybody. Every, it, it, does it just kind of walk you through the things that you need to fill in and what you need to do? And then you just take it at your own pace? Exactly. Once someone goes in, there's uh, very clearly defined sections for, you know, personals. It's about me and documents and accounts and financial and end of life wishes. So they can go in and express their wishes upload documents. Heck, we even have a free form area where you can write your own obituary if you want. Because after all, if I'm gone, I want someone to say something nice about me. And the best way to do that is if I write it myself. And it's still together all in one spot, like you said. <laughs> exactly. We we lighten the load. You know, the hardest thing for us as I, as I think back was when Ted passed away, again, my father-in-law. Yeah. Um, you know, the next day, we're at a funeral home and they're saying, well, we need to do these obituaries. You're, you're in shock. You're grieving. Yeah. You're stressed out. Now we have to write an obituary. It's like, oh my God, my mother-in-law who's still alive. As recently as about a month ago, was saying to Michelle, my wife, you know, I'd like to do another obituary because we didn't include this. This is like, Sorry, Marie, we're not doing an obituary four years later. <laughs> right. But, but that's it. You know, I can list things about my life and details that maybe my family either doesn't know, won't remember, or, or certainly in that moment of stress, uh, you know, it won't, won't come to the forefront of their mind. So I can have all these things done. And again, it doesn't have to be done tomorrow. It's a complete ongoing you know, work in, in progress because our life continues to, to change. Well, I think it's amazing how you've taken something that's so overwhelming <laughs> for many people and, and not just to think about now before anything has happened, before we've lost somebody or, you know, before something happens to us, but in, in that moment. And like you said, what a fragile position your loved ones are in when something like this happens and you don't know how it's going to happen. So it's to, to be able to lessen so much of the work and, and stress and, and having to, you know, find all of these scattered documents and, and what am I supposed to do? I mean, it's, it's kind of like the last thing you want to think about because when you're in a state of grief, that's, it's just all consuming. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And the one thing that we've built in, which is, is really helpful, you mentioned, you know, person goes in and enters their information and things. You know, we've been, you know, for, for, for younger people, obviously, you know, millennials and people 35, 55, and, you know, in, in that group, very tech set having them work through those things. But I also, um, and, and, and again, I look at mine as, again, the back end you know, the end result of what I'm doing is to make things easier for my family because yeah. we do it out of, we do it out of love. But I really use it today to just keep the craziness in my life organized in in the virtual vault. i'm I'm doing it for me. But the older generation, like my parents who are now in their eighties, you know they're not as tech savvy. 
But we have worked with uh, amazing uh, attorneys and financial planners across the country because within our platform, we do allow for an owner of an account to assign authorized users and can indicate what areas authorized users can, number one, see, and number two, edit. And so we have uh, some top-shelf financial advisors out there who actually, with their clients, sit down. They build out the account for them, uh, as well as the attorneys. And because between the financial advisor and the attorneys, they have all those documents. And so they upload them for the person and then turn the accounts over. So there, there's you know a multitude of different ways to accomplish the same objective and, and keep all the information organized and stored in a, in a very safe, secure way. I love that. I love like all, everything that this does for people because there's so, you know, there's so, there's so many things, like you said, that people just don't really want to talk about. And this is something that you can really just do it in, in your own space, in your own home. If you need help, like you said, with, with, Parents, you know, I think about, oh, this is something great that people should be sending to their parents that are older. If they're not tech savvy, then either you can help them or to be able to assign somebody to do that is awesome. It's um, these are the things, of course, I it took me to be older to actually start to think about. And a lot of times it's when you see somebody going through like the situation you described with your father-in-law going going through all of this stress and gathering information and all that it makes you think hmm i don't i don't want to really have to go through that for myself <laughs> or for my loved ones to have to go through that so it's i would encourage any of the younger listeners who are in their early 20s i mean why not why not get this in place so that you really don't have to go through it again? You know, just get it, get it all done now. <laughs> exactly. You know, what I like to say for the millennials is, uh, you know, tagline for them is, you know, living and protected. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm living, I'm protected, everything's safe. I got all my access to my stuff. And boom. Things change. I mean, it's just because just you're young doesn't mean you don't buy life insurance because, hey, you're not married and you don't have any kids yet. Right. You, you know, you buy it because ultimately you will need it and it's never going to be cheaper than it is today. And someday you may be married and you may have children. Yeah. Everything else. Right. And it's so much easier to keep things updated once you have this all in one spot and in place. It's kind of like. I'll use the analogy of organizing your closet or organizing your living space. It's so much easier to clean up after yourself and put things away when they're already in the spots that they're supposed to be in. <laughs> Whether rather than, you know, if you've if you've got a mess going on, but your cabinets and your closet and everything is a mess itself, it's way more overwhelming to have to put things away and clean up. It sounds like a message you might have expressed to your children from time to time. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on top of it, and it it's not so overwhelming. Exactly, exactly. It it's not that hard. You don't have to become overwhelmed because you don't have to do it all today. Yeah. But you do have to do it, so you might as well start. 
and eventually it's going to be done. Right. Think, things are only going to get more complex with technology and, and our digital lives. I mean, they're not going to get easier. Exactly. You know, I love the title of your book, by the way. You mentioned it earlier, Click Here, When I Die, um, because it, it's very, <laughs> it's exactly what it is. <laughs> Click here and you've, you've got access to the vault. Um, where can our listeners find that book? Um, they can find that on Amazon. Okay. Um, and we'll uh, provide just, a link to that as, as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And, you know, they can just, you know, we'll get you a direct link, but, you know, they can just, uh, you know, simply search click here when i die Perfect. i'm the only one that comes up nice and and by the way the book is um <laughs> it, it 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 while it's serious in nature it's not a serious read it's a very quick read um there's a lot of humor in it because i think when we're talking about this kind of stuff you have to make you have to lighten up. it up yeah yeah so um all the feedback i've gotten uh over the last uh, three months since since the book went out has been nothing short of uh, phenomenal and, and people passing the book on to other people saying, hey, you need to read this. You need to do this. Awesome. Well, we've got the book. You, We have access to the free download, which again is mylifeandwishes.com slash podcast. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes and, and blog posts for this podcast. Um, John, this has been awesome. It's been something that's so important, which I I love it when I have interviews with people like you where we talk about things that people have that moment of going, hmm, that's not something I've been putting a lot of attention to. Might have thought about it, crosses my mind, but it's kind of a later thing. And I hope that our listeners hearing this today realize it's something that you should get started on soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and uh, and your amazing audience. And, you know, thank you so much for helping us spread the word. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.